Hey everybody, I'm so glad to have you back for another episode. This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ajitha Srinivasan. She is an entrepreneur, educator, artist, and an energy healer. After 20 years of a corporate career in program and project management, she is now an educator, teaching IT subjects, as well as a certified Theta Healing practitioner and instructor. Her passions also include singing, dancing, acting. She's also a visual artist who loves to create art in all forms. We talk all about that during this interview. She is also an entrepreneur. She owns her own business in Ovagaya, where she offers Theta Healing sessions and Theta Healing classes certifying practitioners who can leverage this modality to use for self-healing or to pursue it as an add-on for their current coaching and healing businesses. I had so much fun talking to Ajitha. Her joy and passion for what she does is so contagious. It's kind of embarrassing because I'm literally giggling throughout the entire episode. So consider yourself warned. Literally, I was picking up on her good energy like across Zoom. It was so crazy, but so much fun. We have a great conversation and we really dive into what Theta Healing is and how it can help us to release our limiting beliefs. Whether they're subconscious or whether we're totally aware of them, she talks about how we can keep those lessons that we learned from those beliefs, but release whatever it is that we don't need. I'm going to answer your question. Yes, we're talking about manifestation. It's all covered. We're talking about how we co-create our reality with the universe and how our beliefs can help to form that reality. It's all really good stuff. I'm so excited for you guys to listen. So let's dive in to this week's episode with Ajitha. This is Clarity Through Chaos, and I'm your host, Fiona Hardwick. This podcast features unscripted conversations that uncover and celebrate the chaos that has helped us to transform our greatest fears and vulnerabilities into clarity. Through spirituality, you know, the woo-woo kind, and self-development because I just love to be practical, we are going to take a look at what has helped us to step into our own unique power, allowing for us to transform our most important relationship, the relationship to ourselves. Together, because I know you're ready, we're going to dive in to the chaos and find our clarity. All right, I'm so excited to talk to you about all this stuff. I was listening to some of your YouTube videos that you had, other um, interviews and things like that. It's just so interesting, your work. Thank you. I I enjoy, I you know, like I always say, this is what lights me up. I can talk about this all day. I can teach about this all day. <laughs> it's like, I don't need food, water. It's like, nah, 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 nah. I get all, you know, all my energy starts to bubble up and that's just how I feel about it. So I am very grateful for, uh, you know, having this opportunity to share uh, how I feel. And of course, more importantly, what you know, uh, whatever I'm guided to share in this in this podcast and interviews to reach whoever it is meant to reach. And I truly believe um, every opportunity, to be fully honest, every single opportunity uh, for sharing about this modality and any sort of interview that I've given has actually come my way. I've never had to go ask somebody or to solicit or to even, you know, look for something like this. And I truly yeah. believe it's because um, we are all vehicles or channels. And when we are ready to share something, opportunities, the universe brings us people and events that allow for us to kind of share what it is that we are ready to share and to reach those that it is ready to reach. So that's truly what's beautiful about this. I agree. And I, I think it's a testament to you 
just being in total alignment with what you it is you're teaching and what you're you know bringing to the world. I think that's really beautiful. I am grateful for that. Thank you. Um, so as we get started, I'm so interested to know a little bit about like what your childhood was like. Like, what was your life like growing up? Very interesting question. <laughs> Thank you for asking that because I always. Um, so here's here's how it was. I um, I was very different from my uh, rest of the family. When I say family, I'm talking about extended family because I grew up with very close proximity to my aunts and uncles, and I used to visit uh, my mom's and my dad's um, maternal and paternal grandmoms, uh, grandparents, every every vacation, like almost every quarter when the school has a break back in India. Mm-hmm. I used to just visit them. So there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, connection and presence with an extended family around me. And um, the very aspect of um, growing up watching every one of my cousins in my generation and seeing, you know, how they were and how I was, there was always this um, deeper quest of uh, why am I different? Why am I like this? Like I used to see one of my cousins very good at music. Um, there's a few of them that actually were into music, but none of them were into dance. And then there were a few of them that were into art, but they were not into music. But there, there is this me that seemed to be into many things. Um, I used to be into, you know, elocution as in speaking. I used to participate in speaking competition, dance competition, uh, art competitions, music competition, drama, um, and sports. So it used to be everything. And I used to just you know, dab, like I used to go in and out and I just, because I also um, went to a very um, smaller school in terms of uh, the population, like some of the classes were at like 20 kids, that's it. The whole yeah. the entire grade of eight, like eight oh, grade, wow. nine grade, only just 20 kids. Like I went to a really small um, population kind of setup of a school. So I used to just go into everything. There's, there was no understanding of anything called fear, shyness, nothing. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I just used to jump into everything. And because it was a small school, I invariably ended up getting some price or the other, like either first, second or third. You by default, right. just ended up with something. So it just made me feel really great. And, and that part of thing really made me question about um, why am I like this? Why? How? And my bigger question was, how come I am able to do some of these things that uh, people take years to learn or need a formal training, which not, I never had any of them. In fact, my parents, my mom specifically, sent me to learn classical music uh, back in India and Bharatnatyam, which is a form of a classical dance, and neither resonated for me. I was like, this is not for me. I don't want to learn this. I like film music. I'm a big Bollywood buff. And I'm like, I'm just going to sing these Bollywood melody, melancholy, uh, you know, those those nice songs that just take me to a whole different zone. I'm like, I'm just going to go with that. I don't want to learn anything formal. So that was me. And so my bigger question, circling back, uh, is there was always a question about uh, why am I the way I am in the sense of trying to understand how come I know some of these things that I didn't have to go to school for, didn't have to go to class to learn. That was one element of my childhood. The other element was I grew up in a household where my dad was an atheist and my dad and my mom is religious. So I had a complete contrast right in front of my eyes where one was completely like everything is God and you have to you know do these, these, these rituals and what we call puja. And the other side, my dad's like, I don't believe in any of this. You can practice as long as you want to, but don't pull me into any of this. That was my dad. So That's I had so to... interesting. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> now, you know, you know, I'm able to speak about this now so easily and effortlessly. But at that time, it was confusion. It was like, okay, 
who do I follow in this? Like, right. who's right? <laughs> right, right. As a child, you're like, okay, wait, oh, like, okay, it's my mom and dad. So who do I listen to in this in this quandary? So it was pretty, um, it wasn't a conscious confusion. It was just a subtle subconscious uh, presence of uh, a need for clarity, I would say. Mm-hmm. A need for clarity of um, what of this is true. So um, I had to find that truth for myself. So the question always remained and the answer wasn't there in my, in uh, didn't come to me until I stepped into my spiritual path. Um, and that was the second aspect. And the third aspect that I always grew up with, again, as a child is I used to see, even within our own cousins, we used to have, oh, this God is my favorite or that God is my favorite. We used to have all these discussions because Hinduism, the religion that I grew up in had all these gods and goddesses which were idolized. And we grew up in a household, they used to see all these, uh, you know, uh, what we call as statues or idols of yeah. these gods and I, goddesses. I, I think I have a couple, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, and I used to, we used to have this big argument as to which god is the best because we are, as, you know, we have an acidity for one of them. And then I stepped back and I used to ask a bigger question. It's like, how come, first of all, we have so many gods in one religion and how come we all have our own favorites and everybody seems to be thinking they are right. And on a larger scale, how come we have so many religions in the world and how come everybody's God is looking, speaking and and saying different things and how come everybody's right? Like how can each person believe they are right? Like that was a huge question mark again, not conscious at a very deep subconscious level was always a question or a quest for answer for me. So I would say these were three very distinct aspects of my childhood that surfaces up when you ask me specifically. And I think growing up with these big, bigger questions on a on a subconscious level really made me seek some of the answers at a later point. Right. So growing up, like, do you find that you were pretty spiritual or were you kind of more resistant to it? Um, I, I didn't. So one thing I did have clearly uh, is that for whatever reason, deep down is we come from one source. So there is something like a higher power, presence of a higher energy, higher power, and that we all come from there, which is, I think, the knowing that always made me question how come everybody is looking at something different and saying they are right. You know, Because if you didn't have that understanding, you would be believing in your reality of what is right and saying everybody else is wrong. Right. But I always asked it from a perspective, of how come everybody is right in what they're saying? And, and that was the question that probably came because the understanding of a higher energy was always there. And that we all come from that one source was so clear deep within that I never had to doubt it or question it. I questioned what I saw rather than what I deeply knew within. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny because it kind of like ties into the work you do now, right? So, So explain to us, what is it that you do now? Thank you for asking about that. So what I practice now is called Theta Healing, and it has two words, Theta and Healing. Theta, the word pertains to the fact that we all, as human beings, have different uh, brainwave states at any given point in time. Um, We could be in what's called Delta, which is like the deep sleep state where, you know, a baby, baby is always predominantly in Delta state. It's the lowest frequency of brainwave that can, um, that we can um, hold as a, as a live um, a live human being. And then you have a, a slightly higher frequency than that, which is the uh, theta brainwave state. So theta brainwave state is really deep relaxation. And in that brainwave state, you are actually able to access the subconscious mind. 
And then you have alpha, which is a slightly a higher frequency, so not as deeply relaxing as theta, but it does provide uh, abilities for you to, uh, again, access some aspects of your um, subconscious mind, but not as deep as probably theta does. And then beta is what you and I are in right now, which is, you know, uh, full awareness, full consciousness, active, alert, processing information. And then gamma brainwave is really high frequency, and people usually uh, tap into gamma frequency when you are uh, probably connecting to the universal mind, deriving you know, epiphanies, as we call them, like the Einstein theory of relativity that got, uh, that was like literally like a download for him. Uh, mm -hmm. So that is like the, the highest, uh, the much higher frequency. So when we talk about theta healing, we're really talking about um, ability to meditate our own self to theta brainwave state with a technique that we learn and able to access the subconscious mind, which is our storehouse of everything that we believe in. So the entire modality is, um, you know, is uh, is basically focusing on the fact that our beliefs in turn drive our thoughts and emotions, which make us electromagnetic. When you talk about thoughts, thoughts are electric. Every time you have a thought, there's an electric impulse created in your brain. And every thought has an equal emotion that accompanies it. Like if I think about I'm going to eat ice cream, it brings a very happy thought. It's a, it's a happy thought because the emotion that goes with ice cream for me is happiness. So I feel the happiness of imagining and eating an ice cream. So that thought and its accompanied emotion make me electromagnetic. There's an electrical impulse and there's a magnetic um, response to the emotion that I feel. And that's making us as walking, talking, electromagnetic machines. Um, I'm going to look for, um, to see if I have my demo. I have a demo thing that I use to demonstrate that we are electromagnetic and I, oh, it's right there. Okay, I'll, I'll see if I can grab it and show you. Basically, it is a testament or a proof that we are electromagnetic. If you don't mind, I'm just going to grab that. Is that okay? Go for it. Yeah. All right. So here it is. So this is an energy stick that I bought from Amazon for $5. It doesn't have any batteries, but it has bulb, like small light bulbs, uh, wired. And on two ends, there's actually the conductor material that's stuck onto it. So if I touch on this side, nothing happens. If I touch on this side, nothing happens. But if I touch both ends... So that means what, what this essentially shows is I am actually electromagnetic. I'm the one completing the circuit for this. Right, uh, right. Thing. That tool, yeah. So this, this just demonstrates that we are electromagnetic and our frequency, the dominant frequency that we um, emanate is primarily driven by uh, the dominant thoughts and emotions, which is driven by our belief system. So in theta healing, what we're really doing is um, able to access the subconscious mind in the theta state we also do second thing uh, in theta state is accessing the source energy. So we, while we connect to the theta brainwave state, we also are opening up our ability to connect to the source energy. So we are working in conjunction with our own subconscious mind and the guidance we receive from the source energy to find out what it is that we are believing in because every belief is serving a purpose. Otherwise, we would not have it, period. Right, if right. our subconscious mind is trying to help us, by believing in a certain thing so that we are able to understand how it's serving us. When we find how it's helping us, we then learn how to release the belief if it's limiting us. For example, if I believe I'm not worthy uh, for whatever reason, because that's what I was told growing up, oh, you're good for nothing or you're not good enough. So if I have a belief growing up, because theta state is really predominant between two to six years of age. So a child between two to six years of age is completely exposing their subconscious mind. They don't have conscious mind fully formed. So anything that is told to that child in that period can be 
can become part of the belief system. So if I got told that, oh, you, you, you know, you are good for nothing, you don't know to do this or that, and I believe it, I'm going to be walking around with this deep subconscious belief that I'm not good enough. That is, I'm good enough. No. And so now that may be serving me a purpose to teach me that I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong that I am good enough. So I'm going to be working hard at everything. I'm going to uh, make every effort to succeed. I probably will persist in the in the face of adversity, in the face, face of failure. So I'm mastering a virtue. It's helping me. It's actually helping me learn something, which is to better myself. Now, do we have to always, now after getting better at it, or maybe learning to fully persist and succeed, do I still have to deeply believe that I'm not good enough? Not necessary. So in theta state, we are when we connect to the source energy, and we have access to our subconscious mind, we're really helping transform the belief to, you know, because source energy is the source of creation. You get to work with that energy. We as theta healers or theta healing practitioners are witnesses to the miracle of the, the work that the energy of creation is, is, um, is actually executing. So we are just looking at it. We are witnessing it because, again, going back to the other aspect is theta healing is a cross between quantum physics and spirituality. If you know, uh, if you if 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 you have some insight into quantum physics, it, it's said that you the act of witnessing creates things into our reality for our consciousness. So you can't have somebody who witnesses what's happening. So our role as theta healers in theta healing practice is to be the witness that is actually watching the creation energy make the changes. So we're going to command our subconscious mind to witness that the belief I'm worthy, no, or I'm good enough, no, is released and replaced with I'm worthy, yes, or good enough, yes. And we witness it happening. And we also retain the lesson that the person has learned because the belief existed for a reason. We don't want to lose the gift that uh, that it offered to us. So we keep the gift and then we release the belief so that you can now live your life knowing that you are good enough because we're all good enough in the eyes of the creator. There's just no two ways about it. Right. Right. So, that's so interesting. So, Jitha, let me ask you, do people typically come to you for sessions and do they know what their limiting beliefs are or is that something we find out through a session? It's usually, uh, so first of all, uh, people that come to these sessions are drawn to it. There is, you know, there's just no other way. It's like, I, I, you know, there are enough people in my circle that are close to me that know I practice this and haven't even asked me what it is. So that right. goes directly to say that it's not, in it's alignment not for, for them. them. They're not ready for it. It's, it may not be relevant for them. That's all perfectly fine. So mm -hmm. the first step is that those that are drawn to me or to anyone in this modality that practices it are drawn because they're ready for it. And when they come to the session, they, the, many of them don't even have the concept or the understanding of what data healing is. They don't understand that, that, that their beliefs are creating their reality. They don't even, they may not even know that they are actually creating, co-creating their reality. So there is a yeah. lot of, People may be at different stages here. And as long as they are coming, their, their higher self is bringing them to the session. As a practitioner, um, you know, I this is where it is a huge growth uh, for even practitioners is to let go of the ego or the attachment to outcome where we want to fix everything. Like, oh, you're coming <laughs> to me. I'm going to make you feel great. You, you right. know, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. No, it's not. It's, that's a huge. That's like a huge learning process for the for the practitioner because it is it is fully understanding that we are the witness and the magic or the miracle happens between the creator and the person who's coming to you, and you trust that whatever is 
it is that the person is ready to let go of at this point is going to unfold beautifully through the guidance that we receive and through the answers that the person's subconscious is ready to reveal. And I say this because many times the person's, you know, subconscious may not be ready to reveal what it is that that they are holding as a limiting belief. And I've had that experience simply because they it is serving them. So they don't want to expose it in any way yet. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. Just so, it's okay to be where a uh, good with where you are. You are exactly where you're meant to be. Right. Not a step ahead, not a step behind. So <laughs> it's a hard thing for people to grasp sometimes. <laughs> and I think and the challenge in grasping that is is almost like, okay, if you tell me I'm exactly where I am supposed to be or I'm meant to be then why should I even bother doing anything in life, right? Like, okay, right. I'm just here. I don't want to do. So this is where the, the, the co-creation aspect comes in is the reason we say you're exactly where you're meant to be is to free you from the need to beat yourself up, to be, un, you know, to from being unkind to yourself and teach how to be kind and compassionate to yourself to say, you know what, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And I know where I'm headed next because I'm guided into actions. I'm not forcing myself into action. I'm not beating up myself into action, but I'm doing it from a place of complete knowing that I need to go here next because it feels right, right? That that comes with really listening to your own inner guidance. And yeah. it's a work in progress for all of us. And I say that with full humility and understanding, I'm a work in progress fully on that. And, I'll t- <laughs> and I, I can give enough examples where I'm hearing the guidance. I say, oh, okay. But my brain says something else. I'm going to do what my brain says. And then you yeah. go there and then you're like, oh, it didn't work. Okay, so what was my guidance saying again? Let me listen. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, I think a perfect example is kind of your life before you found the Theta Healing. You were so driven and you were so successful. Not that you're, you know, you're still successful, obviously. But it's that fine line of listening to the ego and also listening to that inner knowing. They both serve us, right? So it's like finding how they serve us, which is so interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Another big thing I'm so interested in is the ancestral healing that comes with the theta healing. Can you go into that a little bit? Absolutely. So when I talked about subconscious level beliefs, um, we talk, we we think it is just what we took on, let's say between two to six years of age when we were predominantly in theta brainwave state. That is just one of the four levels of belief we work with in theta healing. So the, the, that level is called the core belief, core belief, meaning anything that you and I may have been taught, told, programmed here and now in this um, in this life that we have experienced since we were born. The second level that we work with in the belief system for in theta healing is called genetic, which means you and I, obviously, and I, this is something I always say that our children choose, our children choose their parents, children choose their parents. Mm-hmm. So we chose our parents for a very specific reason. And I give my own example. I chose my mom because of her lineage with music and dance, because I knew that was going to be part of my path here. I chose my dad because of art and teaching. My entire um, dad's side, everybody, everybody <laughs> has teaching in their, in their, you know, in makeup. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. And my dad was heavy into arts and he has, um, his, his grandfather was a you know great artist as well. So I chose him for that very reason, to bring performing and visual arts into me as an individual. So if we are choosing our parents, then we are also choosing the genetics that they are gifting us, which also means we are uh, inheriting the belief system that our ancestors had. 
Right. And again, the, the beauty in appreciating the gift in uh, ancestral belief system is that every belief of our ancestors served them. Simple example, to believe that I must struggle to be successful. This is a very common genetic belief, which is I must struggle to be successful is because through struggle, we learn the opposite of valuing what we receive. Otherwise, right. you know, it's like, oh, I got it easy. So so what's the big deal? So we are our human um, brain and our consciousness has been programmed to experience the opposite and then thereby learn the virtue or the gift that it had for us. So in the, the genetic level, we are looking at just like we talk about inheriting diabetes or diseases, we also inherit our belief system from our ancestors genetically. And when we talk about genetic level, we're talking about seven generations before us, seven generations after us, both ways. And yeah. so when we are Clearing a belief that is shown at a genetic level, we are changing it for you because, again, this is where we're working with the energy of creation. So we get to ask to modify the belief at a genetic level, which is very, you know, very inherent to your morphogenetic field in your DNA. And you are able to witness that change. And when you witness that change, the beauty of this work is you get to offer it to the seven generations before and after so you, you know, when I'm in sessions, I this is where it becomes very spiritual compared to quantum physics of the theta healing part of you. We end up witnessing uh, lines of ancestors showing up and celebrating that shift in the belief so they can receive it as well. And right. that is a, that is the deeper work we do in terms of, uh, his, you know, uh, genetic level. And then you go back one more level, which is the history level. We're talking about, you know, for those that believe in past lives, you could say it's a past life memory that you're resolving for yourself and clearing and closing that part. Or for those that don't believe in past lives, think of it as part of what is uh, in collective consciousness. Because you are a human being, you're part of the human collective consciousness, you may be holding some of those beliefs. And, you know, like, again, another classic example, no pain, no gain, right? That very statement we've heard growing up all, and it's just part of humanity. It's like, okay, how can you even gain something without experiencing pain? <laughs> it is unheard of. So it's the, that's the part which we are again, reframing now, releasing and teaching um, us as the new, um, uh, the higher consciousness species of human beings that we are evolving to, we teach how to learn and gain through joy. Like right. that's so foreign for a lot of us. It's like, Oh, really? I can actually learn through joy? I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> or even just the idea that abundance is all around us and we don't have to struggle to get things or it's not so much, you know, I always think back to my ancestors. It was survival. You yes. know, we, we have our basic survival needs covered these days, you know? Yeah. So now it's like, okay, how can we use a different energy? Yeah. So that that's the shift. So interesting. Absolutely. So that's history level. And then we go even deeper on the fourth level. So there are four levels, core, genetic, uh, history, and the fourth level is soul level. So we as eternal spirits that we are have experienced so many um, experiences across time and space. And we may carry some beliefs so deep in our soul level. And I had a very profound shift in data healing with one of my own soul level beliefs that we cleared for me um, when I was doing the UN Creator Certification course was I must take on other people's sufferings to show suffering to show love. That's the only way I knew how to show love. And uh, that that was a very strong belief tying me to um, Christ energy. And uh, that, that was a period where I was very drawn to reading about Christ consciousness, the life of Christ. And although I'm, this is where I say, you know, 
all the boundaries of religion and everything blurs when you step into the space because you see uh, to have christ guiding you is not you know it's not unusual for someone like me who was born in india brought up in a religious hindu setting it's like a so what it's like yeah i have the i have the guidance of christ or or the presence of christ energy in my life and i'm i am able to learn something from it so christ life was so um, profoundly impacting for me because the, at a soul level i learned or i in, in, i ingrained that belief that the way i know how to show people love is to take on their suffering that's all i knew and right. when we shifted that and cleared it and said you know what i know how to show love through light and love rather than through taking on people's suffering that was like a night and day shift for me until that point i wasn't even practicing theta healing with clients i just wasn't able to because if i were to meet a client i would be like absorbing everything that they have without knowing how to <laughs> handle it Clearly, right yeah so yeah. that was a huge shift and that was a soul level belief for me that we cleared so just to circle back on your question so we go that deep in terms of changing the belief system and much of the work that we are doing on the genetic ancestral um, history level is actually even changing in facilitating the shift in the planet's consciousness and that's a very very profound way of doing your part and your presence in in here on earth so yeah it's so, so powerful and it's so amazing Thank you. do you think that soul healing that you experienced was something that was brought from like a past life so i um i was just shown where i may have taken it deeply into my soul level and as in which point in time uh, in my existence was that really brought into me um but here is the one thing that i uh, um, uh, it is something i've learned from my own um, theta healing teacher victoria raider and uh, and of course all gratitude to vayana stiva who have you know who has brought this in to earth and you know her whole life and her experiences have just um, helped us understand so much about you know when to for a woman to bring a modality like this into a patriarchal society and to you know to have the courage and to be brave enough to say this is my purpose and i'm teaching it regardless of how people perceive it is a you know it's a huge lesson uh, for all of us to be inspired to learn from as well um one of the things i focus on in my clients with my clients and students is to not delve and get in, get caught in the drama of past lives because there is there's just endless number of them for many of us right right and, and, <laughs> especially if you're an old soul you've done it so many times <laughs> exactly so the focus in any of those memories that come up is what did i learn how did that life serve me get the gift and say done mark Thank the you. life complete yep. close it you're done move forward stop <laughs> stop being in the cycle because it's like a hamster wheel you can be there for good you know that that's just something i'm very conscious and i'm grateful for my teacher to have taught me that because that's what i teach my students now and i make sure anybody who's in that you know this life in that life i'm like okay bring it back what did we learn tell me what you learned <laughs> I love that approach. That's so true because you're right. We do like our thoughts just take up so much room in our head and it's like sometimes you can't even get to the next step because you're caught up in the story. Yes. That's the that is what we want to get out of. It's the, you know it's just the story. Yep. Watch it like like you know get get it get it fully that it's a story but let's not the the focus has to always be what's the gift? What's the gift? What's the gift? It's not ever about somebody else. it's always about us and what we are learning through it 
And, you know, that's part of the training that I'm also offering to my own students as part of a monthly membership program that I bring them to practice data healing every week uh, for an hour between themselves or even with other members who are not data healers is I, I teach them or I guide them to focus in 30 minutes. you got to offer the best you can as a witness to healing for someone. So you can have them going in storytelling, unless, of course, creators says, just listen to them. They're here to just went and you need to listen. Fine. You go with that guidance. But otherwise, you've got to offer the most value for them, for the money and the time that they're spending and for your time that you're spending. Right. So if they get into the storytelling business, you know, gently pause them, bring them to the lesson, bring them to the lesson, because that's <laughs> what they're here for. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it's just... It's just the truth, you know, it's everything's a story. So it's how you use that story to move forward in your life. That's really important and valuable. Yeah, we are here to grow and uh, we are here to grow and internalize and and master some of these big ticket virtues. And once we understand, okay, it's about me, first of all, I'm co-creating my reality. I'm experiencing, if I'm experiencing something in my reality that I don't like, what is it teaching me? That's the billion dollar question. What is it teaching me? And what am I learning from it so I can keep the lesson and clear the cause of it, which usually ends up being a belief, so mm-hmm. that I now no longer need to recreate it in my reality. I'm done. I'm, I'm mastering this lesson. I'm done with it. I want to move forward, believing and behaving as if I already have mastered the lesson. Which, you know, for example, if, if someone is annoying in my reality, they probably are either teaching me patience or they're teaching me tolerance or they're teaching me how to say no and cut off and move on. Now, the lesson will differ on each individual, depending on what you are here to master. It's not going to be a same answer for everybody. If the person is learning how to say no, draw boundaries and move on, then you teach them that, you know, how to, the ability to say no, we give it from the the second part of the work in data healing is feeling work where, you know, if you don't know what it feels like to say no, you won't be able to do it. So we right. actually witness the creation of receptors and the molecules of emotion to open up those receptors. So you know what it feels like to say no, you know what it feels like to experience joy. So we give those, we call them downloads in theta healing, but it's essentially just witnessing creation of neural pathways and the uh, receptors being opened up for those emotions to come in. So that now when you know what it feels like, you get to attract it into your reality because you, you know, you got its frequency at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's the second part, feeling work. So once you know, okay, I know what it feels like to say no, you teach, you learn that and you start acting. That's the other, the, the third element of this is, you know, expecting some um, like a magic wand getting waved and life changing is great, but unless and until what a theta healer really does is helps you with rewiring your neural pathways, changing your belief system and giving you the understanding. But we all know how brain works. For example, if I say I'm going to learn uh, to ride a bicycle tomorrow and I start and I fall like 10 times and then maybe I, I try two more times, but I keep falling. Now, if I stop trying to learn to ride a bicycle, my neural pathways are not going to get formed, right? I have to keep practicing it and strengthening the neural pathways that have been created or uh, have been formed once I've started learning it. Same goes with their healing. We can witness the creation of neural pathways to show you uh, what it you know what it feels like to say no, the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. But if you don't practice, if you don't stand up <laughs> in your situation in real life and say, no, I'm not putting up with this, 
then you are you, your neural pathway that we have witnessed is going to frizzle out because you're not strengthening it, strengthening it by practicing it. Right. That's why you have to take action. Most people think, oh, your spirituality means you know the miracle is going to happen. I will, you know, I'll just let God do all the miracle. You are co-creating, my friend. You're co-creating every second, so you got to show up and do your part. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. <laughs> That is such an important lesson just in itself. Like we are all co-creators, right? Yeah. And the practice, and it doesn't have to, like, obviously it's hard if it's something you haven't done before and you're not going to get it perfect the first time. So it's like having that strength to just push through and try it again and try it again. And what I've learned, especially with boundaries is Sometimes the resistance from the other people that you're setting the boundary to, that can feel very hard when you're doing it. And it feels very scary because you're like, oh gosh, this is different, you know? <laughs> and they, that, that again is teaching you a lesson, right? So so what you said, it, it is hard. Um, it, it, you just made a couple of statements that I'm going to draw on, which is it is hard as a belief. It is not, yep. it does not have to be. It is easy. You can reaffirm and say to yourself, this is easy. And I'm going to make this easy. And it's hard only because we have expectations. The very example that you talked about, you know, when we say no and establish boundaries, that people behave as, you know, get uh, the way people respond or react to our behavior of saying no is, you know, coming back at us. Now, there again, there is there is a mirroring of lesson happening, which is we have an expectation that they need to accept our, our saying no with ease and grace. We, that's an expectation that we have no control over. We have right. no control over what other people will, will respond with, behave, say, do, zero, zilch, no control. <laughs> but if their behavior is affecting us, then we have work to do. That's the only, uh, That's this is what I tell all my students is you follow your heart. You do what you believe in your right, you know, what's right for you. But the minute you have expectation that, oh, I established boundaries with these people and now they are, uh, acting up, they are getting upset. Okay, that is that is that is possible. You already knew that was possible. So why is that affecting you? What part of you is getting affected by their behavior? Because you're expecting them to accept what you're doing, to acknowledge what you're doing, to validate what you're doing is right. Why? <laughs> Leave all those external expectations and give that validation to yourself. I'm doing what's right for me. I'm accepting whatever I'm choosing to do, I validate my behavior with no expectation from somebody else. When you free yourself from that expectation, you know, either their behavior doesn't affect you or they change their behavior because they were just mirroring what you needed to learn. Once you have learned what you needed to learn from their behavior, they may change. Yeah. So. I've experienced both of those things. I love it. <laughs> awesome. I love all those examples you just gave. It's so, it's so true. I, it's just blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you. This is the I think the, the biggest step in all of this is awareness. It's got to start there because if you're not even aware, it's like all of this like right over your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's that's what I always applaud is the awareness. Just being aware that there's something that you need to do is like a huge step. Yeah. Then we can help you. Once the awareness is there, you know, you'll find ways and means and people to help you through the process. But if you're not even aware, and again, zero judgment, just an observation, because I was there five years ago. Of course. I wasn't even aware of 
any of this. Like I always used to say, five years ago, if somebody came and told, oh, uh, there's something called healing and there's something all of this. I would be like, okay, which planet are you from? <laughs> that would have been my response. So I have been there not like 20 years ago, just five years ago. Right. I was else and I'm where I am today. So I totally empathize, understand, appreciate, accept wherever everybody is because I said everybody's exactly where they're meant to be. That's it. Long as there's awareness, there's always help that's going to show up. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about co-creating and even like manifestation. Do a lot of people come to you for manifestation or they want to know how to manifest? (laughs) There are quite a few of them right now. And it's interesting you ask me this question because I'm going to be teaching the very first online class for me for manifesting an abundance in Theta Healing in uh, exactly two weekends from now. Oh, cool. So uh, that is going to be fun uh, because in that class, we are really focusing on all the money blocks and all the blocks to manifestation that we may have at a subconscious genetic history soul level mm-hmm. and clearing those for um, the Theta Healing. Of course, it has prerequisite. You have to have first three levels of certification before you can step into that. But that said, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I, I'll give you an example. I had a realtor who had come to me because they were unable to get a house sold even after doing everything or, you know, in terms of um, fixing it, um, you know, uh, doing all the, um, what are you, the, the renovations and yeah, all of that. And it was just sitting in the market. So the, the real, and I took all of 10 minutes to scan and um, I cleared the space because it was, the, the property was being guarded by uh, a spirit animal. And I had to send, I had to ask what it wanted, give what it wanted and send it away. And in tw- less than 24 hours, they had their offer and it was sold. So wow. that is just an example of manifestation is, is you can manifest the, the very, of course, this was a manifestation for somebody else or a clearing for somebody else. But the manifestation principles is that when you match the frequency of that, which you are desiring to have, you are already in the space of, I have it right? You're, you're in the frequency of how would I behave if I already had what I uh, am, you know, expecting or wanting to have. And that is the frequency in which you attract it. And the reason, because when you already are at the frequency of what you have, you're not coming from a place of lack, i.e. not having it, right? So when you, when you're in the frequency of not having it, all you're uh, emanating out electromagnetically is lack. I don't have it. I don't have it, right? So it's not there. It's missing. That's the frequency that's going out. So it's not going to get attracted. So the key with manifestation is behaving and acting as if it's already in your life. How would you go about behaving with that understanding, right? That is the frequency you want to be in. And obviously there are many, there may be many blocks. um, And one of the beautiful aspects of manifestation is we probably are blocking it because, um, we, you know, there's a positive side to blocking manifestation. As in, I'll give an example. So when I was going through the class of manifestation in Theta Healing, um, I was blocking my own business success back then because I thought that if I become successful in the business, I wouldn't have time for my children. I couldn't see myself spending time with my kids, having a vacation, enjoying. I couldn't see any of that. I was seeing myself getting sucked into the business Uh, day-to-day aspects and all of that. So my subconscious was serving me beautifully by not bringing business success. 
because, hey, if you become successful, you're not going to have time to spend with your kids. So it's about rewiring and changing it to show that you can have both. You can enjoy time with your children and that you know what it feels like to be successful in business and that you can have both and teaching you how to balance, giving you the highest definition perspective and understanding of balance. So all of that work shifts you. Yeah. So, so manifestation is just that. And of course, the second aspect of manifestation, if why it may not come true is because it may not be in alignment with your divine timing, which is in Theta Healing, we call it divine timing, which is your which is the purpose that you're here for. Yeah. So if if what you want to manifest is not for your highest and best, then you, you know, you know, you can stand upside down. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just isn't gonna come true. But that said, um, this is why we say when we when we do theta manifestation. So Vayana says that when you are in theta state, theta brainwave state, and you witness the manifestation of what it is that you want to um, say is, is in your life right now, she says you are actually making it eighty to eighty five percent chances of it coming true versus the normal ways of visual boards or vision boards and affirmations and all of that, you know, have far lesser percentage versus in theta state because you're, you're directly feeding your subconscious what it is that you are uh, wanting to manifest, right? So the, the key with that is um, saying in your in your in the command that we ask our subconscious, so to say, this is in my life, life right now, we say this or better because we may think this is what we want, but if the creator has something better for us, hey, why not? So why not <laughs> welcome that, right? So that's the key. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like um, you're in my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not intentional, wasn't designed to be so. It was just what I was saying in general. If it resonates that deeply. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're not wrong. That is so funny. Um, I find with myself something that I really struggled with as far as manifestation goes was trying to control how I was going to bring whatever it is I was calling in. And when I surrendered and released that control, things just happen. And I'm like, oh, I would have never thought of it happening that way. (laughs) But literally everything I called in happened. (laughs) Yeah. And this is why they say, focus on the what uh, and leave the how and the when to the universe, right? That's the beauty of uh, manifestation. And, And I'm a living prime example of this because two years ago, about when I got my manifestation and abundance certificate as a practitioner, I, I did this laundry list of my life's manifestation things. And um, one of which was to model for, uh, you know, for some Indian uh, outlet or, or boutique or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that took two years to come true. I just did one very first modeling shoot in a sari for a boutique, uh, you know, in August. And it just just last week, two, three days back, it got published on Facebook. And I was sitting back and like, wow, I wrote it down and I completely just forgot about it. Like it, it. I didn't sweat about it, didn't think when is it going to come true, didn't keep asking why is it come true. It just wrote, wrote it. And I fully trusted that it's already done. Not yeah. once I asked. And I didn't go around asking people, do you want me to model for you? I didn't <laughs> ask that anybody. Right. It just organically unfolded that I ended up participating in a virtual beauty pageant this year for the first time in my life. I won the crown and the lady who organized that event also was a boutique owner and she called me, said, why don't you model for a photo shoot for us? Right. That's kind of how it unfolded this year. Right. I look back and I go and and now I have people asking me, hey, how did you get that opportunity? I'm like, I don't know. I wrote it down two years ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that I'm giving that example because for a very, very specific reason is it took two years and yeah. I didn't care how, how long it was going to take. I didn't ask why is it not coming through. I didn't sweat about it. I didn't keep digging the ground and, and taking the seed out saying, why are you not coming out yet as a plan? <laughs> just... You just have to, you just learn to trust and say, if this is for my highest and best, it's going to happen. If it's a, this is what I say, if it's a dream that is so dear to you, that means it is coming from your DNA. Like how an acorn is coded to become an oak tree. You have something in your DNA that you're here to be fully thriving, flourishing with. And when you listen to what resonates for you, for me, it's music, dance, arts, uh, singing, dancing, acting, modeling. Right. Any any of that, like all of that, that is my whole space. Realm. Like, yeah. I'm just home when I do any of that. So I know I'm coded for it because I chose my parents for that very reason. Mm-hmm. So I knew writing down that manifestation that it is got to come true. Like it's like, how can I not become an oak tree? Like how, yeah. how is that even possible? Right? <laughs> it's like, because I am an acorn, so I have to be an oak tree. I will grow up to be one. I will flourish to be one. Yeah. That's what I want to leave as a key message for anyone who's looking to manifest is you know what your dreams are. You know what makes you come alive. You know what you're coded for. As And, and when you write down your manifestation, focus on that which brings you alive, that which lights you up. Money is a byproduct. It's going yeah. to come regardless when you follow that path of what lights you up. People are going to just be drawn to you because of the light that you're emanating because it's so much joy for you doing what you do. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It comes back to what we were speaking about earlier, like doing things because of joy, creating out of joy, um, things coming to you from joy versus struggle and hardship and, you know, things like that. And also congratulations. That's so exciting. (laughs) Thank you. That was the first one. I just won a second pageant, which was first one that I applied for, but it happened later. So I want that too. So it's just, this year has been super fun with just uh, beauty pageants. I don't know, maybe I'll- There you go. 2020 is a year of pageants for me. And I'm having fun. That's all that matters. You're having fun. And it goes back to divine timing. You know, it's not for you to decide when it's going to (laughs) happen. So true. So true. Trusting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just have one more question as far as um, co-creating and things like that. Do you think sometimes people are afraid of the power that they hold within them? Yeah. I'm so happy that you asked this because believe it or not, this was the quote I gave in my introduction video for the second pageant, the Miss India DC pageant that I participated in. It was part of my intro video where I said, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is this is Marian Williamson's quote, right? Which says, um, you know, um, our greatest fear is not, uh, is not that, um, our greatest fear is not of darkness, but that we are powerful beyond measure, right? It right. is our light, not our darkness that frightens us the most. So that is it. Yeah, that's that that is the quote that really comes to me with this question is that we know we are here to be the light and the love. Mm -hmm. And the journey is about letting go of everything that stops us from being the light that we are. And that includes everything that we've been told, we've been programmed, we've been conditioned. We release all of that, which means we are letting go of who we are not so that we can be who we truly are from an authentic self to really shine that light. So the fear, you are absolutely right. The fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. What would happen? Right. And that that is 
really clearing that again goes back to clearing the fear behind being powerful because the word power has a huge negative connotation given what we have experienced as human species that's one of the shifts we do in theta healing is giving you the definition perspective and understanding of the word power from the highest source of all that is mm-hmm. and that yours is the same because what we the reason we fear power is because of how we interpret it when we understand power as just inherently the light that we are the spark of god that we are and that is where we der- derive our power from and to shine our light is the true power that we are offering to ourselves then it shifts your perspective like oh okay so it's not any more about the power the the power struggle the power um, the display of power that we have seen in politics or in life in general you mm-hmm. kind of clear all of that and understand true power is to be able to stand in your light and love and be that authentic divine spark of god that you are it frees you and then you're like okay that is something i can do i can just be myself and it's a, it's a journey and and it's the as i said it starts with the awareness that you are the light you are the spark of god and then pursuing that path to really shine yeah yeah i love that so much thank you <laughs> and it's just so true and i think um i think you are doing such powerful work in spreading that awareness to people you know that in, raising our vibration and raising the collective consciousness i feel is so important so it's beautiful work Absolutely and it it obviously started with me because I mean to so I've been in this journey now come November it'll be 3 years of me entering theta healing journey and my my whole focus of saying yes to theta healing was just to heal myself because of where I was and what I was going through on my own I was like I just need to like <laughs> shed all these layers and just start fresh <laughs> just 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 make sure that I am fine right it started there and then when you when you have this full understanding of the magnitude of who you are what you're here for it's like oh my gosh how could i not be talking about it how could i not be offering this how could i not be teaching this it was like a, a no brainer because right. of what what i experienced so the journey first is you clear yourself into a place where you can then be that vehicle or the channel to really serve and help others from that place of your own transformation your own journey mm-hmm. and you know there's not a thing i would want to change about my life because it taught me exactly what it taught me so that i can now be able to sit here and say i know what you're talking about i exactly know what you're feeling i have been there right it's, yeah that is so powerful i'm not just preaching teaching talking from a place of theory but yeah. i know exactly to be what it is to be in their shoes and i know what i did to get here and that's all i i'm offering right now is i can i can hold your hand as long as you're ready to walk your steps i can hold your hand that's it right right that's awesome all right this has been such a wonderful conversation i'm so excited that you were able to join us and i would love for people to be able to find you so go ahead and share where people can find you awesome thank you so much again for this opportunity fiona it's been a pleasure just answering and you can see my I'm at my highest energy level right now because I'm talking about everything <laughs> so I'm passionate about. <laughs> so thank you so much for that for the opportunity to just, you know, share my joy. And uh, so folks can find me on Instagram which is my first name Ajita S1111. That's the hashtag at Ajita S1111. And uh, you can find me in the same um you know same handle you will find me on facebook as well that's my business page both of these are my business page where i offer 60 second meditations on you know things that you can release emotions wise or just receive some positive vibes whatever um that i'm guided to 
you know, a share in that audience. My website, which is still, it's now still, it's going to be revamped into a new place. But for now, you can certainly find more information on my business name, which is www.innovagaya.com. I'm going to spell it out. I-N-N-O-V-A-G-A-I-A.com. So that's my business uh, website. Perfect. I will link everything in the show notes so people will be able to find you very quickly because I'm sure so many people are going to be so interested in your work. It's it's wonderful. Thank you so much, Fiona. It's just an absolute, absolute pleasure to be here chatting with you. And thanks once again. I'm super grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. I'm grateful for you, for you coming on, sharing, and just being such a joy to talk to. I can tell that you're just so passionate about your work. It's great. <laughs> The energy is oozing through the monitor. Then, yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm picking up job. on it. I'm like, oh, when I leave this room and my kids are going to be like, mom, what were you doing for the past hour? <laughs> my mission is accomplished. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So wonderful. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Ajitha, thank you again so much. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your knowledge, and sharing your beautiful energy. If you guys want to learn more on how to connect with her, I'm going to link everything you need to know, so make sure to check out the show notes. I appreciate you all listening so much, and please, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it for you to subscribe and to share it with a friend. By you spreading the word, it really allows for the podcast to grow and for me to bring you new content and new guests every week. I also want to give a little shout out to all the patrons who are supporting the show each and every month with their contributions. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for your continued support. You guys can follow along with me at Clarity Through Chaos Podcast on Instagram and Patreon and my website, ClarityThroughChaosPodcast.com. All right, that's all I got for you guys this time. Catch you next week.